In just a few minutes, we will recognize those who serve as acolytes in this church, including 10 new ones. The office of acolyte is not something new. There are texts that describe those who tended the lamps and candles of churches in the second and third centuries of the common era. And for centuries, acolytes were ordained and ranked just beneath the order of subdeacon. While we no longer follow the practice of ordaining acolytes, they continue to have a distinguished and honored place in the life of most Episcopal churches. Today, we take light for granted. We typically worship in the daytime. We have plenty of electric lights, so the candles and lamps in our houses of worship are more symbolic than functional. Acolytes light the candles on the altar and they carry the lighted torches in the procession. And in the early church, which often worshiped at night or perhaps in dark and secret places where there were very few, if any, windows and no electric lights, the candles and the lamps in the houses of worship were important so that people could see Today, these primitive forms of light we use in our liturgy don't necessarily provide us with the light that we need to see, but we continue to use them because they call us to let God open our eyes to see what God is doing in our world so that we can be a part of God's mission. And that brings us to today's gospel. Jesus and his followers were passing through Jericho, traveling from Galilee in the north to Jerusalem in the south. And sitting behind, beside the road was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus must have been something of a nuisance to the residents of Jericho who passed by him day after day and had to put up with his begging. He also might have been bad for tourism. <laughs> Many probably just ignored him and pretended he wasn't there. That's always easier than to actually look into the face of misery and poverty and need, even for us. As Jesus and the crowd that was following him passed by, Bartimaeus must have been curious to know what was the cause of all this commotion. He couldn't see what was going on. But there must have been a lot of noise in the crowd, sort of like when our acolytes and our choir line up in the hallway outside the church for our procession. When he found out that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He must have heard of Jesus. Maybe he had been told how Jesus healed people who were blind like him. When the bystanders heard Bartimaeus' voice, they couldn't ignore him. They told him to be quiet. Jesus was something of a celebrity, and Bartimaeus was something of an embarrassment to the people of Jericho. But Bartimaeus ignored them, and he persisted even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the sound of his voice stopped Jesus in his tracks. The text said, he stood still, and he told his followers to bring the blind man to him. 
It may remind you of an incident just a few miles back when people were trying to prevent children from coming to Jesus. And Jesus had to tell them to let the children come. Seems like people often tried to keep others from getting too close to Jesus. In fact, the gospel is full of examples. Bartimaeus jumped up, threw off his cloak, and blindly approached Jesus. Talk about blind faith. There's a good example. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus said. And Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted. Without hesitation, he said, my master, let me see again. Jesus didn't appoint a committee. He didn't inquire into the man's doctrinal perspective or his economic situation. He just gave Bartimaeus what he asked for. Go, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. He might have said with Job, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. This incident is about the power of Jesus to give eyesight to the blind, but it is also about the power of Jesus to reveal whatever is hidden in darkness. The power of Jesus to help us see things that have been hidden from us or that we have hidden from ourselves, things we just choose not to see. St. John was referring to Jesus when he wrote, What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. The light came to the eyes of Bartimaeus. Evidently, he had not been born blind like another man Jesus healed. The experience of that other man would have been quite different from that of Bartimaeus because he had the sight, the gift of sight, for the first time in his entire life. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for him to see for the first time in his whole life. Maybe John Newton knew. In the mid-18th century, John Newton was the captain of ships transporting African slaves. As he commanded those ships, hundreds of slaves suffered just inches beneath the deck on which he stood. But he was blind to all of that and to the slave trade from which he benefited. And then one day, all of it changed. He recognized what was happening and the horror of it and his part in it. He became an Anglican cleric and he fought and worked to abolish slavery in Britain. But you know him best because of his description of his experience, which he bequeathed to future generations. I once was lost, but now I'm found and blind, but now I see. It was the grace of Jesus Christ at work in him that opened his eyes for the very first time. Once he could see, he followed Jesus and he helped change the world. Bartimaeus had once been able to see, but something had caused him to lose that ability. Jesus gave him back something he thought he had lost forever. 
Maybe Saul of Tarsus knew what that was like. Saul of Tarsus was a believer in God, a devout Jew. He saw those early Christians as heretics and participated in their persecution. And then one day he was traveling along the road to Damascus and he was blinded. He heard a voice calling to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the response was, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what to do. Saul was blind. He had to be led into the city. And there he stayed and was blind for three days. And perhaps that three days is symbolic of whatever amount of time it took Saul to recognize the blindness of his heart and the value of the enlightenment he was about to receive. And as we all know, Saul of Tarsus became Paul, apostle to the Gentiles. This devout believer in God now had a new vision of God as expressed in Jesus, the Messiah. So some of us come to our faith as people for whom th things suddenly become clear for the first time ever. And some of us come to faith after having lost our faith for a period of time and we regain it. In either case, it is as if our eyes have been opened to see reality in a new light. But there's one more dimension to the miracle that took place that day in Jericho. And it had to do with the crowd that was following Jesus. If you read the story carefully, you will realize that it was really the people in the crowd who were the first ones to receive the gift of sight. When Jesus said, call him here, all of a sudden they couldn't ignore Bartimaeus anymore. They had to look at him. They had to see him. And right before their very eyes, this blind beggar, this nuisance, this nobody was the object of the concern of Jesus, the celebrity who was passing through their town. They saw perhaps for the very first time that one blind man was worthy of Jesus' undivided attention, even more than that of the entire crowd. Jericho was something of a resort town, not unlike Jackson. And like Jackson, people had second residences there and they came there for brief periods of time, perhaps on vacation. It was known as the City of Palms. Herod had a palace there. And the highway through Jericho connected other places so that lots of people passed through there. Well, two Sundays ago, after our consecration Sunday service, I was standing at the door saying goodbye to friends of ours who had attended our service and were about to return to Texas. Most of you were already in Hanson Hall enjoying the brunch. And I looked up and I saw a man coming toward me and his appearance suggested to me that he was about to ask me for assistance. How wrong I was. I thought this is really an inconvenient time, you know, for this. He had a bouquet of flowers in his hand. And he said, my wife and I have been visiting Jackson for the past week. 
She's a cancer survivor and she's sitting out in the car. We're about to leave town and before we left town, we wanted to come by here and express gratitude because every day we've been here, we've come into this church and we've prayed and we've offered thanks for her healing. If it weren't for St. John's, our visit here would have been incomplete. Think of it. All this majesty and wonder and grandeur and beauty and what made their visit here complete was being able to come into this church and offer thanksgiving for God's great gift to his wife. If it weren't for St. John's, their visit here would have been incomplete. Before they left town, they wanted to bring these flowers as a way of expressing gratitude. And he said, may I place them in the church? Hmm. When I looked at that man, you see, I didn't really see him. I saw a beggar. But when he spoke, my eyes were opened and I realized he was someone entirely different than who I thought he was. My impulse was to close my eyes and not really see him. In other words, to ignore him. I'd been writing and preaching about gratitude and generosity for weeks and here before my very eyes stood the incarnation of gratitude and generosity. Well, Jesus had that kind of effect on people and still does. He opens the eyes of the blind, allowing them to see things that they didn't notice before and to see people in a new light and with greater clarity. He liberates people from spiritual blindness. Sometimes you and I are the blind ones. And when we see as God sees, nothing ever looks the same again. Amen.